I'm Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm Arvind. I'm Vice President for Retail and CPG at Ciclam. And I also had digital commerce business. Great. I'm Mark Ridley. I'm a CTO advisor. I lead a CTO practitioner firm advising CEOs and CTOs. Nice to meet you. I would say uh, retail and uh, finance was among the slowest to start among all the sectors. Uh, the, the majority of the, the momentum in the 10 years back was with uh, manufacturing, high tech industry, uh, and also retail finance side. But late of late now, we are seeing the, the maximum momentum coming from retail and CPG side or of course, fintech industry. So I, I think the answer to this, if you look at investment, is mm. really for the past few years, it's been absolutely dominated by investments in fintech businesses, mm. uh, especially in the UK and London particularly, but across Europe more broadly. Um, for me, the fast growing industry is behind that. Uh, very interesting to see what's happening in healthcare. Uh, also in, in um, mobility, so mm. around um, potentially electric scooters, yeah. bikes, mm. the, there's quite a lot of work that's been done in there around the development of the sharing economy, but also in retail, and particularly around the disruption to, mm -hmm. to retail, so fast-growing businesses that are either working directly in retail or, or that are adjacent to it and providing services yeah. into large, large yeah. consumers. So uh, the, I think the fundamental starting point is to look at the the organization business strategy first, the, what are the organization goals are, uh, where they want to move, what products or services they want to provide to the customers, or they want to develop something new. So that's the starting point, and this strategy is closely ties to that business strategy, their goals. Uh, that's the first step. Second step is looking across the organization that, you know, what is the best way to create that skills, that culture uh, to embark on the journey. Picking out some particular points that, that you, you um, drew out there, one of the things for me is making sure that you have the right leaders of the change programs yeah. in the organization. Um, so there, there is a very significant part that this change is difficult. You mentioned that it's, it's, a, it's a cultural challenge, mm -hmm. and so you need to appoint the right people to lead that through yeah. the organization, who will often be very cross-disciplinary cross in the, the types of skills that they bring to the table. Another is around the discipline of how you manage that program, mm. because it's, it's fluffy to talk about culture, but actually yeah. a mm. change of culture needs to be carefully managed, carefully mm. thought, thought through. It's a very solid program management job. And communications is a massive mm. part of that. Mm. And it's not just the communication of change, but the, the education that needs to yeah. go with it. Yes. You can't just take a workforce and introduce a new tool and expect them to, mm. to like it, let alone use it. So the, the communications part is, is very significant in there, in there as well. So I think the, the leadership, the process, mm -hmm. and the communications underpin uh, what you've been talking about. In terms of the prioritization and BAU, making sure BAU runs, the, the business as usual, the operational side of the business continues as, as it has been. For me, there's a very significant skill that organizations can develop around prioritization. Mm -hmm. It's almost the most important skill that an organization can develop as an ability, because then you can decide how much time do I want to spend on yeah. the operational mm -hmm. side, the business as usual? How much side do I want to spend on innovation? What is the right balance? How do I invest in that? So that would probably be the, the other piece that I would add into that mm -hmm. equation. One of the things which I have come uh, across very often is that uh, even at the executive leadership level, everyone has a different view of the digital strategy and its vision. Uh, it's not very surprising that um, there is a strong drive, there is a strong desire to embark on digital strategy. 
But when you actually sit down with them individually, what actually you mean, what value you're trying to deliver, they have a different view altogether. You all need to have one common goal to achieve. Right? Second is that uh, treating a digital strategy as something in isolation from the overall business and treating it more as a burden rather than as a, as a goal, not to be seen, uh, should not be seen as an IT, as another cost, but as, as, a, as an engine to make it more creative, uh, bringing organization more close to the customers. So it should be seen more as, as a business advantage rather than as an additional burden as, as an initiative part. Other thing I have seen that uh, is that it is sometimes becomes very IT driven and, and, and as you all know that IT is always busy with in-flight projects. They have limited resources, limited time. They are now under even more cost pressures, right? Uh, so putting a new digital strategy and an initiative, uh, another uh, as an additional work or as a, seen as a burden on IT department, it should be driven more by business side. Yeah, uh, I think in your first point, you called out something that I regularly mm. heard. Uh, repeating to the teams that I work with, typically executive teams, that I'm often challenged to develop a technology strategy. And my answer is almost always, yeah. there is no such thing as a technology strategy. In the same way, there is no such thing as a digital strategy. There is a company strategy. Mm -hmm. And then there are the plans that make up the steps to achieve that overall strategy. As soon as you start thinking that this is something different and separate, mm -hmm. you called it out in your second point, that if it's seen as something other than, than the, the main core of the business, it won't succeed. Yeah. It is a fundamental change in the business. It just happens to use the word digital. Mm -hmm. And it has to be driven from value. It has to be driven from the point of view of what benefit are we going to get from mm -hmm. doing this? Whether it is a benefit to the employees, whether it's a benefit to the shareholders, whether it's a benefit to the customers, mm -hmm. whatever it is, it has to be led first from this is what we are going to deliver. This is the vision. And I think all good all good strategies start with a big audacious goal. Yeah. This is the thing that we're heading towards. Now plan how we can get towards mm -hmm. it. And what I would want to see, I would want to see that in a strategy. I would also want to see that in a digital strategy if one existed. Do I see any niche players making inroads into organizations? I, I think I do. Um, certainly in, in the spaces that I play in, um, this is actually evidenced in a way by the acquisitions that the large players have been making recently. You only have to look in the, um, the visualization space. So just recently we've seen a large number of the, the companies who were niche players two or three years ago. So you only need to look at companies like Looker and Periscope and Tableau. Um, they were niche BI players in the market. They were targeting customers generally at a smaller end of the market in the sort of scale-ups through, through mid-markets. But they've now all been acquired, acquired by yes. Google, acquired by Salesforce. Um, and where you find that there are larger businesses that are, that are building their own services, they're now, as often as not, going out to acquire smaller niche players. So I think innovation is still being driven by small players. And I think it is in all of those areas. It could be in BI, it could be in marketing automation, um, it could be in customer engagement. The, we're starting to see a fragmentation of, from very large businesses. You know, gone are the days where you would buy an ERP from Oracle and 17 different products that sit underneath it. Mm -hmm. And now you will create an ERP from an ecosystem of API-driven small niche providers. Um, so for me, there is constant challenging to that, um, th that existing top-level ecosystem. I have seen something on the same lines that uh, there are startup organizations which have very, very good, talented domain experts, for example, in the case of retail and CPG, 
co-owners who spent you know their you know entire de decades in those industry, and they do they have an idea and they do a, has started their journey on a new startup organization, and they build some amazing tools and and the capabilities around data analytics side, uh, which is very fundamental. You you can't drive the value of the data unless you understand the business very well and how data is meaningful and what value you can drive from the data. Uh, so these organizations who are startup who have you know good domain experts and then with that industry knowledge they are building good data analytics skills. And then you have a large retail company. They look at them. Okay, this is what we want. So they have two choices. One is that they started building that capability in their own organization. Or hiring consultants and contractors, or or a fast track ways, do you partner with them or acquire them? Yeah. So that's another shift I have seen over the last few years that um, organization which uh, are a spin off or ex employees who start this new, new initiative, uh, new adventure, and they create so much of value from the data part, which is uh, key to the to the large operation, whether it's a brick and mortar yeah. or distributed organizations or even CPGs. Yeah.